Hello, this is Daryl Kessel with today's Kessel Report. This is Friday, 7th day of July in the year of our Lord, 2023. I will be talking about the Summer Conference of the World Economic Forum, which just concluded its summer meeting in Communist China. This report is a continued warning that the WEF is real. Its members work individually and collectively night and day for the destruction of human freedom around the globe. The World Economic Forum would be a joke if it were just some bunch of university professors talking about imposing their will on the world or some bunch of left-wing yahoos talking about how they wanted to do that, but it is instead made up of the richest, most prominent people on this earth, titans of industry, especially high-tech industry, university intellectuals, bureaucrats, politicians from virtually all governments meet to discuss how they can destroy the freedom and independence of the rest of us. They refer to themselves in this summer conference as AMNC, and that means, folks, believe it or not, the annual meeting of new champions. This summer's conference concentrated on the most woke anti-freedom ideas Disguised as inclusive, but in fact hiding in plain sight, this genocidal ideology, which it inherited from its Nazi father, the father of the current president, Klaus Schwab, specifically. This conference met with its primary agenda, the current status of central bank digital currency. Quote from the conference, as to that status, quote, the expiration of central bank digital currencies, CBDC has gained significant momentum worldwide with over 100 countries actively engaged in CBDC research and development. There is growing recognition of CBDCs as transformative tools in the future of digital payments to ensure successful implementation and promote interoperability. Global coordination becomes paramount, end quote. I will attempt to interpret that gobbledygook as I am able. It means that we already have over 100 countries on board. That includes all the important countries that we must have. We are going to eliminate privacy and human freedom. We don't care whether you lesser sheep like it or not, because either way, there's nothing you can do about it. We must have global coordination to achieve this victory over freedom. And that means no pesky legislatures have anything to say about what we do. CBDCs are tied to money. Money is the control mechanism. But they also include digital identification of every human on Earth. Tied to money, the digital ID will be a communist China-like social credit score and system. The digital ID will be required for such human activities as travel, owning and using electronic devices, shopping, especially for food, social media use, health care, medical treatment, insurance, and, of course, voting. In other words, the plan is to deprive you of those things absent government permission during the lockdowns, which the WEF basically admits was a trial run and a conditioning program. Anyone proposing a different solution on social media was canceled. The WEF is clear that dissent and opposition will not be tolerated in this great reset. What these people are planning is the denial of life-saving medical treatment if you go on Twitter and refer to a person by an incorrect pronoun. You can't get a plane ticket or buy gas because you question the government or what passes for it on Facebook. Does this sound like insanity to you folks? Well, good, because it is. But that doesn't mean it's not happening and it's not real. And we should just ignore it. This system is already in place in Communist China, the site of the conference, which was chosen purposely to study and glorify China's social credit system. According to the 
EF. The lockdowns were a good thing. They had very positive results. One of the positive things caused by the lockdowns was what I call the breaking of the human will to resist. The conference refers to it as the end of populism, but they use that word to label human resistance to their totalitarian plans. The conference had a speaker to emphasize the point of the lockdowns as highly successful. They chose Professor of Ethics and Technology, Joanna Bryson. Professor Bryson is a professor at the Hurdy School, which is located in Berlin, and it conveys advanced degrees on students in governance. So you can clearly see what the next generation of intellectuals is being taught in Germany. She was joyful, very excited that populism, supposedly, according to her, went down the tubes during the lockdowns. Yes, it disappeared globally, she said, except for some unknown reason in the United States. Here's what she said about the lockdowns. Quote, people must trust their governments as benevolent dispensers of good. But by and large, people could see that their governments were doing something. There's a big problem. The government is there helping me, end quote. I hope that quote fills you with anger as it does me, the arrogance, the hubris, to think that you have some right to control and manipulate the thoughts of humanity, the idea that we sheep should just accept the dictates of our global masters as benevolent problem solvers. She seems to view the elevation of government in our minds as so desirable. It has no downside. The lockdowns, however, cause many times more harm than good. In fact, I would argue that they had no good side at all, except in the minds which dream of totalitarianism night and day. The lockdowns probably elevated the desire for populism instead of ending it. People came to see the lockdowns as nonsensical, serving no good purpose except to strengthen the oppressive power of government. Populism seems to be growing across America, but to the professor's credit, she said, except in the USA. The continuing strength of Donald Trump as well as the rise of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on the Democrat side serve as examples of the dissatisfaction with government and the rise of populism. Yes, indeed, Professor. We learned about the benevolence of government during the lockdown, sending elderly people to their deaths in infected nursing homes, vaccines that did not prevent the virus, did not prevent spread of the virus. Now they're linked with sudden death of young people, the lockdowns causing young people to lose one or two years of school for which they still have not recovered. The younger ones perhaps suffered permanent developmental delays. Government in bed with Big Pharma prevents us from learning exactly how the industry is damaging us. So yes, Professor, yes, very benevolent, those lockdowns. Americans have no good reason to distrust their government, and I hope they do. They should be able to see the government using its Department of Justice to attack and criminally charge political opponents. They can see the government colluding with mass media companies to shut out political opponents and so many other supposed benefits of this government. The government has arrogantly used its captive media as cover for the fact that it has developed into rampant criminality. What we are seeing is the end stage, at least the beginning of the end stage, of empire. The World Economic Forum, billing its conference as the annual meeting of new champions, paints the picture of our new world as it will exist in 2030. We own nothing, they say, since there is no concept of private property, but we are extremely happy since everything is free. We live or we are confined, if you prefer, in a small community 
in which everything our owners think we need is right there available to us. We will be so happy because the government provides everything. We now have the security of the slave. I know this all sounds like madness because it is madness, but I am convinced it is the life they have planned for us. Since this this is the week of celebrating the 4th of July, perhaps there is another way. I pray that the other way is not political violence because history teaches that one set of scoundrels is often just replaced with a worse one. In revolutionary France of 1789, for example, the people are what the French media at the time referred to as the crowd, grew increasingly resentful of the oppression of their government and even the church authorities. The crowd stormed the Bastille on July 14th to free political prisoners and to obtain weapons to fight the ancient line of Bourbon kings which had ruled France for centuries. What came of the revolution was the destruction of the monarchy, the destruction of the church, and 15 years of legalized murder. I pray to God that doesn't happen in America or anywhere else, but history does tend to follow a common pattern. The people become more and more resentful of the oppression of the government as it evolves into totalitarian excesses with its inevitable corruption. The final breakdown normally follows some cataclysmic event such as war, social upheaval, or depression, or perhaps all three. Out of the chaos comes something new, some new order, for better or worse, the opposite revolution. Being followed at approximately the same time was the American Revolution, in which a group of 13 colonies sought to be free and independent states. The war had multiple causes, multiple breaking points, but perhaps the most important was that the colonies wanted to be governed only by their own colonial legislature, since they had no representation before the crown, they did not want to be governed by the crown's decrees. That revolution worked out well, but finally, finally it too morphed into something out of control. Now the cover-up, the obstructionist tactics of the government, its agencies of law enforcement and justice are managing to keep essential evidence from the people's representatives, but the crowd grows more and more restless. The crowd grows restless. A few in the crowd seem to realize they no longer have a legal system since it has been replaced by weaponized law. Finally, folks, the second president of the United States, John Adams, cautioned us not to equate the war with the revolution. The revolution was not the war, he said, because it occurred in the minds of the people, and that is what compelled them to rise up and throw off the yoke of oppression. Is that revolution occurring right now in the minds of the American people? I answer that, yes, it is. But right now, it's only in the minds of a few. We'll see what tomorrow brings. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.